Ronananian. It came in with a battery light on and a fresh battery. And, you know, you, you wonder, did which came first, the chicken or the egg? The Car Doctor. Carfax cars only show up when the car is serviced at a dealer. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now... I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Let's get together under the hood and talk about your car and its problem. More information at cardoctorshow.com. Podcasting at TuneIn, iHeart, iTunes, all the great and usual places that you find podcasting today. Also, we've uh, we've put ourselves up on a different uh, podcast site. Did we not, Mr. Ray? Do you recall the name of that off the top of your head? You know, unfortunately, I don't. It starts with an S. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, spot, not Spotify. No, it's, no. no. Uh, um, spat, spect. Something. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll look it I, up. I can't remember because. Uh, but anyway, it's it's yet another another just, way for people to get us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and oh, could, and they have an app for your for your smartphone. Right, and that's why we did that because we thought we would make it easy to try and condense everything. And so we'll get you that answer. Spreaker. Uh, what is it? Spreaker. 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 Yes. Spell that. S p r e a or e e. So like yeah. speaker with an R. S p r e a k e r. S p r e a k e r. Spreaker. Just like the speaker in your car, except you're right. With, spelled with an R. R. How about speaker with an R? It stands for Ronanian. I like that. You like that? I like that. See, so, they were made for you. Yeah, perfect. We just we sold that. Um, but anyway, so that's what we're doing for podcasting. You can get us there. We've uh, got a couple of things going on this hour and next. There's two hours of the Car Doctor ahead today. This is the first hour of our usual get-together here on Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time as we go out on the network. And uh, depending upon when you're taking the show or when your affiliate takes the show, uh, we come up and pop up at different times along the course of the weekend and I guess the week because of obviously podcasting. A um, little bit of trivia before we uh, start and go to our our first conversation that we're going to have. Um, just uh, I'll ask you the question now. No cheating and using Google. All right. Let's see how smart everybody is You're today. You're no fun. Well, no using Google today. All right. In 1907. So, Tom, this was when you went to high school. In, exactly. In 1907, Percy Douglas Hamilton applied for a patent for what device? I'll leave it there. We'll come back and talk about it after we have this conversation. In, but in, I, I do have a question. Yeah. Is it car-related? It's car-related. Okay. In 1907, Percy Douglas Hamilton applied for a patent. I'll even give you the patent number. Maybe that'll help you. U.S. patent number 912-831 for what device? All right. Let's see, uh, let's see how you can do it. I'll tell you what. Let's see if anybody out in the audience, but no using Google. First caller that calls in, I get a Car Doctor T-shirt. All right, we'll do it that way. I can't guarantee you the size, but we'll guarantee you a Car Doctor t-shirt. How's that? All right? So um, our first conversation this hour is, well, we've had we've had Shirley on the show before, and um, we're glad she's taking some time today. We always enjoy talking to her. She is, um, well, she's going to tell you all about herself. I think we're going to leave it there. Let's uh, welcome Shirley back it's to the show. Welcome back. Shirley, are you there? Welcome back to the car doctor. You are the uh, um, the proverbial little old lady from Pasadena. Are you not? Tell everybody who you are and what you've done. 
well, my name's Shirley Bain. I live in Boise, Idaho, and uh, I have uh, raced our 2000 Corvette a couple of times uh, for charity here. Um, not last year, but the year before, my top speed was 171.4. And um, anyway, uh, last year I was a rider rather than a driver, and uh, we were in a 2016 Z06, and we did 210.1, wow. second fastest Second fastest car in the road rally. Shirley, um, you know, you're, uh, how old are you? Can I ask you that question? Uh, the 17th of July, I'll be 84. <clears throat> uh, so you haven't gotten this out of your system yet. You've been doing this for a little while. Yeah. It, well, it's fun. Going fast is fun. Yeah. Is, is that the fastest you've ever been, the 210 miles an hour? Yes, yeah. it is. Um, yes. uh, you know, are you ever going to drive again, do you think? Not race. Not race. I I can't race anymore. Um, I can. I still can drive. In fact, I picked up my new driver's license uh, just a couple of days ago. But um, no, the doctors don't think that's too smart an idea. Racing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I I'll tell you what. I give you a lot of credit at any age to get in a car, knowing you're going to do 180 to 200. 10, 220. I mean, my gosh, that's fast. Uh, you know, that's faster than I've ever been. Um, I've done 143 in a Triumph GT6 Plus, and we don't want to tell you where, but um, uh, I, was, I wasn't the driver. I was the passenger. Uh, you know, 200 miles an hour is something to see, uh, something it was, to experience. Um, you know, it was, it was fun, but it was over with so fast that it's like almost a blur. Yeah. But... What? You know, you go two and a half miles, and uh, it was, anyhow, it was fun, and it was the fastest. We were beat out by a Bugatti who did 230.6. Well, shame on him for showing off 230 yeah. miles an hour. That's um, those fancy cars. There yeah. they go. Um, I, take, I, I, I take Black out, and I'll, you know, 55 Chevy, and... You know what? Those cars weren't meant to go more than 100 miles an hour. You get up to about 85, 90, and you're starting to it's, – it's just all over the place, and the steering is crazy, and you're just like, oh, boy, um, hang on. And I, I, I wonder how some of these hot rods, they go down the track at 150, 160 miles an hour, and I'm just thinking, how do they do it? It's just yeah. it's just got to be sheer guts. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I say it all the time. I was young and dumb. I won't do it anymore. Um, it's it's changed. What got you into all this, Shirley? At, w at what age did you start racing? Because you used to you used to take part in the uh, Sun Valley Road Rally in Idaho all the time, right? Yes, it's a charity event that uh, actually it's coming up July the twenty first, twenty second again this year, um, and so they close off roads and there's no speed limit. You go as fast as your car will go, and um, one car at a time. It's not a, you know, a major race type right. thing like that. Right. It's just for speed. And um, anyway, it's uh, they have a charity, the Drug Coalition, down there to help kids stay off of drugs or to help kids that have gotten on them. And that's uh, one of their ways of raising money 
and it's fun, and people come from all over, uh, Washington, Oregon, um, different places to bring their cars and race them just so they can see how fast their car will go. Run what you're wrong. Uh, when did you start, Shirley? I mean, you know, what did you do? You know, what did you do in your career? What did you do for working? And then, you know, one day you just decided you were going to start driving a car and going fast, or has this been something you've been doing since you were 18 years old? <laughs> Actually, that's kind of funny. There was a place in my town where uh, the kids could line up, kind of, and you had about a half mile that we could just, you know, put your foot down and race. You know how you kind of revved your motors right. a little bit, sure. and then yeah. pick up a race, and and you'd go for a couple of three blocks, and that was it. I mean, it wasn't legal, but it was a place we could do it. Right, and listen, to, yeah, and there's a, listen, there's a lot of things we do that aren't necessarily legal, but they're fun. Um, yeah. you know, it's and I, and I don't, I don't, you know, I don't support street racing, but every once in a while, you do kind of. You know, it's not like I've broken a lot of laws, but I've fractured a few in my lifetime. I'll put it to you that way. Um, let me ask you this on a different subject, sort of the same but a different subject. So, you know, here you are at this point in the game. You've done a couple of Sun Valley Road rallies. You're obviously into going fast. You're into racing. What do you think about electric cars? You know, do you think that 50 years from now we'll be seeing Sun Valley Road Rally drive your electric car as fast as it can go? And what would that sound like, right? Because they don't make any sound. It'll just be, it'll sound like this. And and, and then the race is over. I think it would be boring. Right. There's no fun in that, right? There's, There's something, I mean, I'll ask you the question this way. You can still hear the roar of the exhaust from that car you went 210 miles an hour in, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I can hear the roar of the exhaust in my own vet. Right. It uh, it's pretty loud. We have to be kind of careful of putting our foot down around town because it's it is quite loud. Right. So you want to creep through the city. You know. <laughs> is it is it is it is it the roar you think of the exhaust? Is it the feel? Is it the smell? Is it you know the the wind through your hair? Or is it just the whole package? And, uh, you know, I think I know the answer, and it's just electric cars will never give us that. Yeah, I, it's it's the whole package. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's all of that. And uh, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's just great to be out there and to be able to do it legally. That's the good thing about it. Right. Did you ever, um, did you ever do any, you know, you didn't buy a 63 Dodge back in the day and, Go street racing? Did you by chance? No, no, didn't didn't do any of that. No. So we, when did all the when did the Sun Valley Road Rally come up in your life? Later in life? It came up. No, it it only came up in my life. Um, what three three years ago? Four, one, two, three, four years ago. Um, it was a charity event, and uh, we had been to it, and we had watched other people do it and everything and they were saying well you know we need to get some women out here and uh let's get them signed up and so i decided the next year that's what i was going to do and that was four years ago i guess and my first run was 166 i believe something like that so that was pretty exciting, and surely you were you were seventy nine years old and went out and did a road rally. Yes, 
God bless well, you. Was, Look at that. I was 82 the last time I did it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, but it was, it's just, you know, it's just fun to be able to do that sometimes and to be able to do it, as I said, legally and to do it for charity. Now, are you going to are you going to go back to driving your 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 car normally, you know, back and forth to the store for groceries and, you know, church and oh. so forth? Or Oh, yeah, we yeah. were. Uh, yeah, the, we use the car all the time. It's um, we it's it, we have it garaged from uh november until may because you know we have snow and all that stuff so right. the corvette stays in the garage right. but from may until november it's on the road oh yeah now that that's the, that z06 corvette that you did the 210 miles an hour and was that modified or was that a production car off the showroom floor you know uh i don't there may have been a there may have been some work done to that one right. um our my friend Brent Rule, who always rode with me um he drove and he's a mechanic he owns restoration rods and he um I think he had done some work on that car, right. but it was like a brand new car, right? Yeah, you know, twenty sixteen. Yeah. Sure, yeah. So and um, yeah, it was kind of cool. It's just that it was it was so fast and over with so quick that you're going, hmm, what happened? Right, and you want to do it again. Surely the clock's going to take me. It's always fun talking to you, sweetheart, and I hope we get to get, do it again next year. Um, is there a website if the listeners want more information or if somebody's out in Idaho, they want to find out how they can enter the Sun Valley Road Rally and help support the cause? Well, I have, it's, uh, I guess this is a website, www.sunvalleyroadrally.com. Okay. All right. And uh, as I say, it's coming up July 21st, 22nd, and it's for charity. And anybody that wants to do it, call and see if you can get in because the, the spaces go pretty quick. Yeah, I bet they do. Shirley Vanny, always a pleasure talking to you, and uh, you take good care, and uh, God bless, sweetheart. Hey, Ron, thanks for the call. You're very welcome. 855-560-9900. When we come back, we actually think we have somebody who claims they know the answer to the question. Percy Douglas Hamilton applied for a patent in 1907 for what device? We'll see how smart Al is down in Brandywine, Maryland, when the car doctor returns right after this. The car doctor, boy, Shirley Vaney sure can't drive 55, right? 84 years old, doing 210 miles an hour. And for those of you just returning and maybe caught half of that interview or half of that conversation, uh, she was talking about the Sun Valley Road Rally out in Idaho. She raced in that four years ago, did 171 miles an hour in a Corvette that she had prepared just for her at the age of 79, almost 80 years old. Like, wow, right? Um, sure makes you think about, you know, it's Saturday night and I'm tired i don't want to go out and just gonna sit around and watch tv and some people out there living life god bless them i wish i had the uh i wish i had the energy she has but um you know what can i tell you i'm sorry let's uh let's see uh al brandywine maryland thinks he's got the answer to today's uh trivia question in 1907 percy douglas hamilton applied for a patent u.s patent number 912831 for what device al brandywine maryland what say you sir welcome to the car doctor 
Thanks, Ron. Enjoy your show. Thank you, sir. Appreciate what you're doing for the automotive public. So. Um, my thought was it was the electric starter, and I say that because, and I swear I didn't look this up, but I remember in reading about the history of automobiles, I was surprised at how early in the automotive history the electric starter uh, was invented. Uh, and I think uh, windshield wipers came not too far behind. But when you think about it, you know, the, the old notion of having to stick a crank in the front pulley and turn the engine by hand, you know, that's a real pain in the neck. And if you're an older guy or a woman, you don't have the strength to do it, or it's winter time and the thing doesn't want to turn over easily, you know, if you're going to expand the market, you, you better make it easy to start. So my thought was that it was the electric starter. No. It actually was not, and I won't tell you what it was because maybe we'll get an answer later on this hour, but I will tell you this. The electric starter has a story unto itself. Um, I don't remember the exact okay. – I don't remember the – but I appreciate – I really appreciate the effort, Al. I really do. The, the, the electric starter came about because if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Charles Kettering was the gentleman's yeah. name. Um, and yeah, uh, his, you're buddy, right. You're right. his buddy went to hand crank a car. This was in the mid-20s. I think is the way the story went. And his buddy went to crank a car, broke his arm. He yeah, went He went yeah. into the hospital. Um, he, he got an infection, and he died as a result. Mm. And he said, you know, there's got to be a better way to start an automobile. And yeah, that, yeah. that gentleman ended up, I think he was the C in the AC, um, AC Delco, uh, which was Dayton Engineering Laboratories Corporation or some such thing. Um, and they created the electric starter, and the first car, to my knowledge, electric starters went in was Cadillac, if I'm not mistaken. That, uh, yeah, that could be. I thought it was earlier. I, I was surprised at how early it was, but um, yeah, but yeah, I, I'm sure you're right. Yeah, well, uh, I, I'm, I'm so, not, I'm not 100% uh, yeah. on that, but you know, it's um, that's the story that 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 strikes in my head and comes to mind. So, um, Al, by I the way, let me, Al, I gotta go. The clock's gonna take me. I tell you what. Stay where you are, Al. We'll come back and address your comments after we take this pause for the cause. I'm Ron Anani and the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900, here to take your calls. We're back right after this. Ron Ananian. That's right, Ron Ananian. Hey, hey, the car doctor's in-house, 855-560-9900. Let's get back with Al real quick. Brandywine, Maryland. Al, you get two for a nickel today. Um, you were going to make a, okay. an additional comment at the end there. Yeah, I just wanted to tell you, a lot of my automotive knowledge, not only in terms of you know repairs and you know how things work and history, came from, I'm sure you'll remember these, the Odell's automotive guides. And we're probably both old enough to remember those things. There were, they were a whole series of them, one on electricals and one on... Sure, know, a million years ago. So yeah, yeah. Ages and ages ago, little black books, soft cover, yep. and uh, kids grew up learning about cars, and it had some of the history of the automobile uh, industry in there, too. Uh, I'm sure they are long since out of print and the stuff in there is ages old, but they were a great source of, uh, of information. I think there's a generation of kids that grew up learning something about cars and automotive history from those Odell's automotive guides. Today's kids wouldn't know what the heck 
you're talking about. And I don't think there's anything the equivalent to that. I doubt kids go online looking for that kind of stuff. But I imagine, you know, every, uh, you know, every kid who grew up with a, a father who did anything on cars probably had a few of those Ordell's automotive guides uh, in the garage. Well, and, you know, the other issue that I see going forward when you talk about reference material uh, you know, if you walked in the front door of the shop, the the wall, the the front wall when you walk in the waiting room is just—it's a wall of books, and it's all—it's it. all my it. older stuff. It's—it's nothing—it's yeah. yeah. nothing for a car newer than nineteen ninety one. All right, but it's all the older yeah. stuff going yeah. back, and you know, there's some there's there's uh, sporadic gathering of nineteen fifties and sixties cars, but then solids, you know, late sixties, seventy, eighties, early nineties, that kind of thing. Those books are just, they're obsolete. What am I going to do with them yeah. now? You know, it's, it's, yeah. you, you can't even give them away. Nobody, you know, those cars yeah. are gone. Yeah. They're, they're, they're piles yeah. of, they're yeah. piles of rust in some salvage yard somewhere. And, you know, yeah. you, you look at all this automotive information, good, solid, practical, the way it was written, the way it explained things, how a charging system worked, how, you know, fundamental right. Right. things right. That, that, that still applied. Yeah. I, I still have my Goodhart Wilcox automotive encyclopedia from 1966. Uh, which I actually, yeah, yeah. which I actually stole from my brother, but he'll never know. He doesn't listen to the show. Um, <laughs> you know, he still doesn't know what happened to it from 1973. Um, and you know, still good, solid information. Yeah. That's yeah. that's just, yeah. and you know, what do you? Libraries don't even want books anymore. Twenty yeah, years from now, everything's going to be on a CD, and then uh, I'm I'm a page flipper. I like to flip pages. I get it. I agree yeah, with you. Same here. Yeah. A hundred percent. I go through my Odell's. I still have one of those small books, and it's fascinating just to look at it. And it's still, I mean, physics is physics. The laws of physics haven't yep. changed, you know? Yep. And uh, the basic stuff on how an electrical system works and what a battery is. And by, um, by talking about it on a simple car, you understand the basic concepts. And you don't dive in with, uh, you know, multi-port fuel injection and try right. to figure it out from there. Well, and how many kids um, today? how many kids today look at... You know, they'll see a carburetor and they'll be, wow, what's that? And, and I don't, you know, I, I just, I hate to say these things because I don't want to pick on the younger generation. The younger generation, there are some very smart mechanics amongst them. Right. Some of these kids with these tuner cars are absolutely amazing. It's astounding what kind of power they're getting out of little four cylinders that weigh yeah. a third of what these big block muscle cars everybody loves to drive and hang out in. The only thing I, you know, it's, I just think you look a lot cooler with your elbow out the window of a 55 than a 2010 Subaru, but, um, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, all, that's, that's, sure. that's, a, that's another conversation. Al, or an Alfa Romeo. I, I, right, exactly. Um, so, but anyway, that was, Al, that was my poison. I, I, I appreciate the conversation, sir, and uh, I appreciate your and effort. And I appreciate your show. So thank you very much. You take good care. So thank you very much. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of truth in what Al has to say with regard to reference information, and again, the changing face of auto repair. And I've got some comments about the changing face of auto repair a little bit later on this hour. Let me get to Fred in Maryland also with an 07 F one hundred and fifty. Some questions. Um, I'm sorry, Paul. Is it Paul? Yeah, there it is, Paul. My glasses went. Let me fix my glasses, Tom. Okay, now I got it, Paul. <sighs> thank hey, you. How are you doing? Good, sir. I'll talk to you because Tom doesn't have Fred up on the screen yet. How can I help you, Paul? <laughs> hey, you. Uh, I spoke with you about uh, a month or two ago about okay. uh, the 200,000 mile maintenance on my truck. Okay. 
And uh, I'm getting ready to actually do it now, and I'm um, running into uh, some confusion on the transmission and uh, transfer case fluids okay. between what the book calls for and what's actually available now. Right. The book calls for Mercon 5 in the transmission and straight Mercon for the transfer case. And the only thing I've been able to find is like a Dex Merc and a, uh, another kind of uh, universal ATF. Well, uh, Motorcraft does make Merc 5. They okay. they still make Merc Five. I've got it on the shelf at the shop. Uh, we, we, okay. we use it all the time. And then transfer case, they're just calling for Mercon. Or it was always Dex Mercon. Uh, it was is always it was at one point rated the same. Dex Three and Mercon, to my knowledge, were the same fluid. Um, and a lot okay. of, a lot of these trans fluids, the base trans fluid, is the same. Paul, it's the okay. it's the little additive package they put in it. To see, you know, uh, here, for example, Chrysler, I know it is Chrysler 7176, but it's Chrysler Transfluid. Um, there's a okay. there's another Chrysler part number for it. The difference between 7176 and DEX, my understanding is 7176 has got a higher anti-foaming agent because Chrysler's worried about aeration and, and um, foam in the fluid. So, okay. you know, at that point in a transfer case... Transfluid is transfluid. It's not going to change that much. In the engine, I would want to be sure that we're putting in the absolute correct thing, so be a little fussier there. Um, okay, so you're do. saying for the transfer case, I can put pretty much any Dex Merc blend, but for the transmission, I should get the Mercon 5. Correct. Do you have an O'Reilly Auto Parts by you? Uh, we do not. No, I've got uh, the regular you know, AutoZone Advance and Napa. Okay. If you get out to, I, I know O'Reilly will have, the, O'Reilly Auto Parts will have the correct fluid. Maybe you could look them up online. But okay. in, in any event, you know, clearly Motocraft does make Merc 5. Like I said, I, I walk past it every day at the shop. Um, okay. It, it, it's and are there any, the other, any other manufacturers of the Merc 5? Um, you know, Pennzoil might. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to say Pennzoil probably does with all, with all honesty because I, just, okay. I, I happen to have Motocraft on the shelf, so I never think to look there. But I'm sure you can get out to, uh, you know, if you go Google Pennzoil, uh, whatever it is, PennzoilSynthetics.com, and um, look up on their website and see what they've got. You know, they. I do know they make driveline fluids. They make excellent driveline fluids. And to that point, I don't think of Pennzoil. I'm guilty of it myself. I don't think of Pennzoil for you know, it's oil. No, they they make okay. excellent driveline fluids too, uh, gear okay. oil, trans fluid, that kind of thing. So by all means, take a look at that. All right, sir. Yeah, and then I got a couple others. A good uh, brand for the uh, the gear oil for the front and rear differentials. I know they're different weights and viscosities, but uh, should I be getting like a Valvoline, a Pennzoil, or I would definitely do a Pennzoil. Um, like I okay. like I said, their 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 quality is second to none. There's a lot of engineering that goes into their oils. Now for the rear, they're probably going to call, and it, it also depends on whether or not it is a locker, whether it's a posi or an open axle. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then does it have a trailer package? If it has a trailer package. I'm trying to remember. Is it 75-140 with the trailer package and regular 80-90 weight for just a standard rear diff with no trailer package? So there's a couple of choices there. Um, right, yeah, the book calls for the 75-140 yeah, uh, synthetic. Yeah, because um, you have a trailer hitch on yours, right? Correct, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that seems to be the difference. And up front, the front axle is probably standard 80-90 weight gear oil. Uh, right, and you, I, what I found, it's called, it said it was for a limited slip. 
Is that will that still work? I don't have a limited slip in the front. No, yeah, that'll work. The limited slip is an additive to help if there were clutches in the rear okay. axle um, with regard to uh, the ability for the clutches to slip and spin. Okay. Take take both palms of your hand and rotate them against each other. Uh, that's mm-hmm. basically how a posi clutch works. Right. If it has the right amount of lubrication on it, the clutches, eventually your hands would bind and start to drag. The posi mm-hmm. additive helps keep them from overheating and binding so that they operate as a they, – they slip when they're supposed to, and then they lock together when you're applying power to help drive both okay. wheels so they work like a posi. But, again, I'll tell that you what, you could, pr- you could go out to PennzoilSynthetics.com, take a look at their website. There'll be a contact us phone number, and you can mm-hmm. call them up, and they can actually make recommendations for specific okay. oils uh, for that vehicle, and you'll be, you'll be way ahead of the game. Gotcha. And right, my sir. last question pertains to the front universal joints. Okay. I got to put them in, but I don't have the capability to do it at home. Uh, I need to take it into work, take the shaft into work, use a press and everything. Right. Um, is it okay to drive it without the front shaft in it, or should I not do that? No, nah, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, you, okay. don't, you don't want to do that. Now, depending right. upon what front axle you have, um, I'm trying to remember there's certain front axles where you need a special driver tool to install the front seal. Uh, what is okay. this? This is an F-150 or a 250? 150. 150. This is a 150, so this is the light-duty mm-hmm. axle, so then that shouldn't matter. Yeah, for the... Mm-hmm. Right. The, the, the 250s, there was a special seal required, or there's a special tool required to put the seal on the front axle when you pull the front axle. Um, if okay. You, if you, by chance, run into that, and I don't think you will on the 150, uh, keep in mind a piece of a trip down to the local Home Depot or hardware store and a piece of plastic PVC pipe to the right diameter. Cut the length of work in a pinch. Um, and okay. It, 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 when you see the seal, you'll understand what I'm saying if you have that set up, and uh, it'll make sense to you, but you can do that as well. All right, sir? Right, yeah. I'm familiar with what you're referring to there, yep. so I do, I do appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. You're very welcome. Paul, you have a good afternoon, sir, and I appreciate you being a listener. Thank you. You too, sir. Take care. Very good. I'm Ron Annie, the car doctor, 855-560-9900. We're back right after this. Just take your place in the driver's seat. Driver's seat. Hey, welcome back. Ron Annie, the car doctor, driving along this hour. Thanks for joining us. Let's get over and talk to Anna Marie in Springville, Indiana, I believe that is, and uh, some problems with an 08 Chevy Impala. Anna Marie, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Well, uh <clears throat> I bought this car in uh, 2008, and it was a GM program car. Okay. It had 32,000 miles on it, and now it's got 89. Uh, I can drive it just like uh, I go to Bedford uh, to do my shopping, and that's only about 13, 14 miles one way. And I can come back home, and I always park the car, put it in park, and shut the motor off. And maybe the next day I'll go back out. I need to go somewhere, and it's locked in park. And you can't get it out. And I just have the office time getting it back out. Has it, and, uh, has it been like that? I don't that? know. Is it in the transmission? Well, has it been or like that? Has it been like that since you've had it? Different times, and they just can't seem to find out what's why it does that. Anna Marie, has it been like that since you so purchased the car just recently? Have an answer or not? Anna Marie, Anna Marie, can you hear me? 
Yeah, can you hear me? Has it has it been like that since new, or is it something just recently that it started doing? I that? can't hear you. Yeah, is it? Can you hear me now, Anna Marie? What? Anna Marie, can you hear me? Just barely. I'm huh. having phone trouble. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so can you? Let's see if you can. Tr- let's try that. Um, has the problem been there since new, or is this something recent? Oh, no, it's been there ever since I owned the car. Okay. Uh, let me ask you, when you park the car, is your is your garage level? I don't park it in the garage. Okay. Is where you park it level? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a level parking spot. Do you set the parking brake? Well, sometimes I use it. Okay. So when you set the parking brake... Is it a, is it I, I, what I'm trying to get to is I'm wondering if the car is rolling slightly when you put it in park and then if you apply the parking brake you've now effectively got the park finger locked inside the transmission. So that's oh. that's one thought. So, you know, what I'd like for you to try is when you go to park the car, when the car is in drive, put the parking brake on, then put it in park. That, oh, okay. that that way there's no chance of the park mechanism being jammed inside the transmission. All right? That, okay. That's number 1. Number 2, my second thought is is there a problem with the shift interlock meaning that you have to step on the brake pedal to get it to shift out of park and I'm wondering if there's a problem with either the brake pedal adjustment. I'm wondering if your brake lights work properly. All right? or if there's a problem with the shift interlock. So what I'd like you to try, and you want to do this with the parking brake on, all right? With the parking brake on, don't turn the key all the way on. Turn it to the position before the dash lights light up. You should be able to shift the car into neutral, then start the car, then put it in drive or reverse. Remember the parking brake is on. Don't let that confuse you. What I'm trying to prove is that mechanically the linkage is okay, that it's the shift interlock device keeping you from getting it out of out of park. So just remember that procedure. And, you know, if you want, go back and talk to your mechanic and ask them how else can you get it out of and could this be a shift interlock-related problem and see what that does for you. I appreciate the call. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's coming back to wrap it up right after this. After six hours of school, I had enough for the day. I hit the radio dial and turned it up all the way. I got a tip. Welcome back. We're on an ending the Car Doctor rolling around and rolling along and kind of winding it down for this hour at 855-560-9900. So nobody answered my trivia question this hour. Maybe I'll hold it till next hour. There's another hour of Car Doctor coming up after the news on most of these affiliates. In 1907, Percy Douglas Hamilton applied for a patent, U.S. number 912831, for what device? And uh, no, I'm not going to tell you. We're going to hold that till next hour. And by the way, I looked up, I did cheat and look up the conversation I had with Al in Maryland with regard to who invented the starter motor. I was right. It was Charles Kettering, but I was wrong. It was 1911. I didn't realize they had done it that early. 
Um, you know, Cadillac and Charles Kettering was part of AC Delco, Dayton Engineering Laboratories. Um, you know, that's when all that started. But, um, yeah, just some really interesting stuff. Hey, uh, real quick, there's a recall going on. Um, National Highway Traffic has recalled uh, something like uh, from 11 automakers flange tank covers for gas tanks. Can you see the amount of recalls that are going on in the automotive industry? We'll cover that a little bit better later on in the next hour as well. But holy cow, everything's getting recalled. Nothing's made right. That's why they need Ron and Amy and the car doctor reminding you good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.